Welcome to Joy Sounds, music you need to know, where we present the brightest independent artists. I'm your host, Chris Sampson. My thanks to Music Connection for co-sponsoring this episode. Since 1977, Music Connection has been an invaluable resource for the music community. For more information, please visit musicconnection.com. Today's episode features the artists and faculty of the Musicians Institute College of Contemporary Music. Founded in the heart of Hollywood, MI offers a complete education in every aspect of the music industry, including instrumental performance, composing for video games, audio engineering, guitar building, music business, and training in the latest music technology. For more information, visit mi.edu. On today's show, we'll meet two students from Musicians Institute, Ario Belvillere and Clark Sims, and get a chance to hear some of their music. Also, we'll talk with members of the administration and faculty and get their insights on what makes Musicians Institute unique. But let's get started by talking with MI students, Ario Belvillere and Clark Sims. How are you, Ario? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Clark, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me also. So tell me, has there been a highlight so far of your time at Musicians Institute? Um, Yeah, a lot of my highlights were just meeting a lot of my friends uh, and just other musicians. That was one of the biggest highlights. And also uh, meeting like really important people like Barry Squire, who got me a gig with uh, this artist named Chloe I'm still playing for right now. That was like one of the highest points for me. MI has actually been a completely different experience for me than most people. Um, I was one of the few original all online students before COVID. Um, I was on tour pretty much 24-7 as a hired lead guitar player whenever anybody needed one. So I was in a different state almost every weekend and I was able to actually learn all the fundamentals of music literally from a hotel room on tour. Wow. Um, my goal was to just like fill in all of my musical knowledge while I had some time, even if it was in a hotel room and Musicians Institute gave me the flexibility to study on my own time. Um, they were really great with connecting me with other students. I never got to meet them in person, but we've done some online collaborations. Um, I had teachers that would specifically cater to what I needed to learn for a gig. And it was just so nice being able to like learn all of this on my own time while working as a professional musician. Clark, let's hear a little bit more about you as an artist. Where are you originally from? I'm from Oakland, California, uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Um, grew up just, I started playing piano when I was like around six or seven, got bored of that. Then I heard Sly and Family Stone, Larry Graham, and that was it. And I just like taught myself how to play and was gigging, playing guitar, bass, playing for um, artists. And then I went to Berkeley for a little while, but I just wanted something different. And I know like L.A. was the mecca for just all things music. So I just made the decision where it's like this is my ticket out the bay right now because it's not that much of an industry out there. Got accepted really quick and then just started gigging and got to the school. Do we hear a little bit of sort of that Bay Area, Oakland oh, influence in your songwriting? Definitely, yeah. Uh, of course, like Larry Graham, like I've played with his band countless times. Shout out to Wilton Rab and all those guys. Also some of Prince's guys like Levi, Caesar, and Miko. Um, and also like ha being blessed to have like uncles, like my uncle Jay, who's like, <laughs> will cuss me out and be like, hey, you got to play this right. Or <laughs> that's kind of like what I stand for, just bringing back real music, just that old school play once, we ain't double tracking, no auto tune, let's just play it how it is. I just went into the artist thing like during COVID. 
No as kidding. I'm, so this is this was as a result of this new dynamic, and and you had yeah. to, you pi- you had to pivot a little bit, huh? Pretty much. I'm like every gig was canceled, and I was just like, I bought an interface, bought some honors. Like I already knew how to play guitar and bass. I got a drum machine and just started making it happen in my dorm. And the track that we're going to feature from you is called I Think. Tell us a little bit about this one. That's demo that I've been working on for a while. Yeah, just one day I just woke up and I was just like, I kind of got tired of the old version, just like put the drum machine on and started playing around with it. So it's not all the way finished, but it's pretty much an idea that it's pretty much going to be the final outcome of the song. That's cool. So we actually get a little bit of insight into a work in progress from you. Yes, sir. So let's check this out. This is Clark Sims with his track, I Think, on Joy Sounds. In one, two, uh. The night we met, I thought it was real. Told nigga everything I wanted to hear. Should've known if it was real or fake. Gone know now it was just a mistake. And I can't blame just you. It wasn't just your fault. A mutual open nation, I was in your draw. Right now I'm just mad as hell And I'm writing this song just to tell you how I feel And I, and I think I might just be over you And I think I love is through, girl And I cry and lie to myself, baby Yeah, baby, but I know it's true Yeah, I'm that I love is through, baby now you won't get left on red or said How does it feel like Angelo said I forgot to be happy without you, girl I'm complaining, bitch, by you I was your biggest fan, I was always there In the studio, when you get in your head, dear Girl, I'm just riding this song Just tell you I'm wrong And I think I might just be over you Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I Think by MI student Clark Sims. We'll get back to Ariel and Clark and hear more of their music a little later in the show. But now, let's meet the administration of MI. Jonathan Newkirk, Ron Jubla, Lacey Harris, and Stuart Jean. I'll let them introduce themselves so you can hear more about what they do at MI. Hi, everyone. Uh, Jonathan Newkirk. I'm the Dean of Industry Studies, so um, I help oversee such programs as uh, music business, uh, guitar craft Nashville, audio engineering, um, and our artist series, which is independent artists, electronic music production, uh, artist, producer, entrepreneur. I've been with MI for about eight years now. And um, I came in as chair of the audio engineering department, a department that I still oversee today. I am Ron Jubla. Dean of Performance Studies, which means I oversee all of our uh, our School of Performance Studies, bass, drums, guitar, uh, vocals, keyboards, and upcoming in 2021 at some point, our horn program, saxophone, trumpet, and trombone. I'm a saxophonist myself. Been at Musicians Institute for the past 10 years. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, Lacey Harris here. I'm the Director of Industry Programs uh, with the Appreciated help of Jonathan Newkirk, the Dean of Industry Studies. I oversee music business, all the artist programs, like independent artists, artist, producer, entrepreneur, electronic music production, DJ performance and production. Now I came into MI in 2016 when we launched our DJ program as an instructor and curricular designer for that. Uh, hello, everybody. This is Stuart Jean. I am the Director of Performance Programs at uh, Musicians Institute, working alongside with Ron, mostly. Performance programs consisting of bass, drums, guitar, vocals, keyboards. I've been at uh, MI for about 17 years. I started as a teaching assistant, became a drum faculty member, uh, then became chair of the drum program. Uh, and now I'm here with uh, all my counterparts here, the deans and other directors, and uh, oversee uh, faculty, students, uh, curriculum, and all that good stuff. So happy to be here, Chris. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. This school has always been ahead of the curve in terms of music education. And what's the origins? Can you give me kind of a little bit of where it started from and how it was formed? I know the school itself started in 1977, basically by a bunch of studio cats that were recording pretty extensively throughout Hollywood. And they came together to form a school to kind of pass the knowledge on and to bring something together on the West Coast. We would be negligent if we didn't mention Pat Hicks and Howard Roberts. So those are the oh, two yeah, that yeah. really, really, really formed it. It was Howard Roberts, uh, I believe his curriculum, and Pat Hicks, you know, you know, with the, the foresight to, to, you know, put this, you know, into a school format. It's a full-service college. With degrees, as I understand it, all the way up through master's degrees in right. certain areas, right? So, again, the yeah. range of course offerings is, is, is pretty deep. It's really remarkable. You can go all the way up to master's. We have bachelor's, uh, associates, which is a year and a half uh, program, probably the bread and butter of the school. 
Uh, although The Bachelor has really taken off in the past, uh, I'd say, five years. We have a certificate program one year. And we also have uh, MI Select, which is a one quarter. We do a quarter system, 10 weeks of classes, one week of testing, two weeks off. So we're always going on a 13-week cycle. And uh, we also have smaller programs like Summer Shot, which happens in the summer. It's a one- or two-week program, either performance-based or industry, audio engineering, business-based. And in the next year, we're going to start uh, MI Academy, which will be like five Saturdays in a row, like three or four hours on a Saturday. So we're trying to really uh, offer something to, to everyone out there that has needs to uh, expand their education. What are the particular strengths that you think MI has? I would start with our faculty. We really specialize on offering individuals who teach at the college who are ex who are just dialed into what happens in Los Angeles and Southern California. In every discipline, it's just no one uh, but individuals that are busy doing what they do and busy doing what they teach. It really shows. Our main accreditor is National Association of Schools of Music, and one of, one of the things that their visiting team said to us was that it was pretty obvious that all of our students had a very, uh, they were confident in their ability to succeed in the industry upon graduation. And there was no doubt that it was our faculty who was who were spreading that message. We want them to be prepared to go into this industry that we are all still very much active in. I think I can say that for all of us in mm -hmm. the as well. It's a really special thing at MI. We have people of every imaginable discipline in these programs and the students are excited. You know, they love to work with these folks. They, they go and they get, you know, performance training from, from Stuart and Ron's teachers and then they bring that and they learn production. They learn to record, they learn to mix and they learn to survive the business and actually put money in their pockets, which yeah. is why you pay money to go to a music college, is it not? <laughs> you made a really good point, Lacey, concerning, um, you know, the, the moving around and studying for performance instructors and studying industry things, because we talk about that a lot, about the different skills you need in the business. It's never about the certain thing that you, that ends up on your degree, you know? I graduated with so-and-so uh, instrument performance or whatever it is. It's, it's all those other things that go along with it, you know? It's like learning how to take care of your your press kit and your, your website. It's learning how to arrange. It's, it's working your DAW. It's all those other things that we know from our experience and our faculty knows from our experience within the industry that tells us what they need to know when they get out there. You know, it's not just about playing. It's like, you know, there's going to be a billion guitar players looking to make a living. It's like, what else do you bring into the table? One of the ways I think we keep the programs kind of contemporary is we approach it kind of with a holistic attitude. So students are taking like the audio engineering program, they're taking music business courses, they're taking uh, courses on how to like brand themselves, things of that nature. And it's indicative of where the industry is today. I mean, 30 years ago, usually went to school and you learned like a specific trade. You learned one thing, you learned it really well. So if you're like going to learn how to be a, say a tracking engineer or a mix engineer, or just how to play guitar. But nowadays in order to be successful, some of my most successful graduates are the ones that they're kind of like jacks of all trades. Like one day they'll they'll be recording a friend's album. Next day they'll be doing uh, overdubs for a like a film project. The third day they'll be doing live sound at a venue. Uh, the next day they might be doing a friend's flyer for a band. So it's kind of having that generalized skill set, kind of like a deep generalization that allows them to go out the industry and be flexible and pivot and uh, change with the time. The other thing that I've observed about MI, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are the experts here, is, is that you seem to attract students, not just nationally, but internationally. 
And I'm just wondering if sort of that global composition of your student body also contributes to the dynamic, because it seems like they're bringing in all kinds of experiences and styles and tastes. And I, I have to imagine that would show up in their collaborations. Oh, yeah. Come on. We got like in one, we have these live performance workshops where the students have to learn different styles of music and perform together. And it's kind of like an audition setting. So let's say you have a drummer from uh, Japan, a guitar player from L.A., bass player from Brazil, a vocalist from Switzerland, keyboard player from Korea, and they're all playing a country song. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then the faculty are also as international, and they're all grading them as well. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a melting pot. Ray Luzier is one of our biggest uh, alumnus, you know, uh, uh, drummer for Korn and did David Lee Roth. And he's from Pennsylvania, you know, was a, in a small town and was a hot shot drummer in his town, you know, and heard about MI, met someone that went when he was a teenager, met someone that went there and had to go. And his whole world exploded when he moves to Hollywood, you know, and then meets people from other countries and faculty from other countries. You have to expand. I mean, any school, obviously, you're going to get that. Uh, but we definitely have that at Musicians Institute. You know, you've heard quite a bit of uh, students talking about the lifelong relationships they've made. You know, someone from India with someone from Sweden, Japan. I mean, we get a lot of students from Japan and China, um, South America, Colombia, Brazil, um, Sweden, India. Um, so, you know, they, they make these connections that expand the globe. Obviously, the pandemic has impacted our industry significantly. And obviously, in many, many negative ways... And perhaps there's going to be presenting some opportunities um, moving forward. And I'm just interested, how am I responded to the pandemic? We are very fortunate in the fact that we had just launched our online programs. And, you know, performance associates, I can, everything we, we launched in January. But we launched our MI Online with official programs in January. So we had a lot of, uh, uh, what should I say, you know, the processes were there. You know, the infrastructure was there. And then you throw it into the hands of faculty. It's like, you know, when we talk about being musicians and engineers and producers in, you know, 2020 in, in L.A., any, any music center for that matter, I mean, you have to have your technical chops together. Another artist skill, right? You adapt and you, and you thrive. And you already folded in one of the new exciting things that you guys are rolling out, which is the new online program. So what's the future for yeah. that? You're, you're starting incrementally, right, with a certificate and associates program, but are you, are you looking to build that up? We already had the online thing in place before COVID even was a, a, a word on anyone's mind. Uh, actually, a fall of 2019, our guitar and uh, business programs were launched. And uh, everything is up online now. And all of our faculty have done an amazing job of yes. getting up to speed. And the students too. I got to praise the students for hanging in there and sticking to their dream and understanding that they can't just be on pause right now. They got to keep moving forward. And like Ron said, functioning online and producing online and posting on social media didn't start in 2020, you know? So uh, this is just, you know, this, you have to have this skill set. But the other added aspect is the ability to teach online. Our instructors since March 13th have gotten only better. They're already amazing. They've only gotten better because there's subtle skills teaching online. It's not, you're not standing in a room with four walls commanding everyone. And it's just becoming more normal to be able to 
interact with students, keep them engaged. We're doing our faculty forums every Friday uh, where we have faculty members perform or do a master class because we have to keep the students uh, engaged and interested. And everyone's just done an amazing, amazing job. My thanks to Jonathan Newkirk. Ron Jubla, Lacey Harris, Stuart Jean, the administration of Musicians Institute. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, thanks to you. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Now, let me take a moment and tell you about our co-sponsor, Music Connection. Through its daily website, weekly newsletter, and monthly print magazine, Music Connection caters to artists, musicians, industry pros, and support services. For years, Music Connection has been known for discovering new talent by reviewing unsigned artists both through its live performance reviews and critiques of recordings. Music Connection never charges a fee for its reviews. Known for years as the Musician's Bible, Music Connection bridges the gap between the street and the elite. It exists to serve artists and music makers of all genres, offering connections to the unconnected and to provide expert cutting-edge information that can help you take your music to the next level. Whether offering tips on raw survival or exclusive contact lists of industry pros like managers and label representatives, Music Connection is an acclaimed, proven resource for the professional and semi-pro musician. Check it out at musicconnection.com. Now, let's get back to our conversation with Musicians Institute student Ariel Belvalaire. So, Ariel, where are you originally from? Uh, I'm actually from Windsor, Connecticut. There is not much of a music scene there, but I made it happen from an early age. Um, I played my first bar when I was 10 years old. I was always like this little rocker. Um, well, actually, back then, I was pretty much trying to be Avril Lavigne, so I would do, like, the punk pop sort of thing. Um, I was a singer in a band first. Uh, I started playing guitar when the guitarist in the band quit, and I was just playing pop songs, and then one day, I heard Crazy Train from Ozzy Osbourne. And That'll I was do like, it. That, that, oh, my that's, God. That's changed yeah. a lot of people's lives. I think um, once I figured out how to pick my jaw up off the floor after hearing that solo, I was like, all right, no more power chords. We're doing that. Mm-hmm. It took me about a year to learn that solo because, of course, I was like playing three months when I heard it. And um, I played that song out for the first time live, and the audience was dead silent when I played the solo. And I was just like, oh, my God, was that bad? And then after, they were just like, uh, a little tiny girl just played that solo, and I was just like, oh my goodness, I'm special. Right. <laughs> so from then on, I just kept learning solos, putting them up online, and um, when I was 15, one of my videos got over a million views, and from there, I started getting offers to like join different bands. So from there, I actually moved to New York City and uh, started playing in a signed band that was working with Guitar Hero, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was, you know, just playing in a band, but my ultimate goal was always to be a solo artist. So I would always do my own thing in between that. That band never worked out, and I would just keep keep on playing for other people, pretty much just perform as much as humanly possible. Um, started uh, working in L.A., eventually moved here, and now I'm actually signed as a solo artist in Nashville, all while going to school. So I've kind of been all across the map as a session player, just a little girl in a band to a solo artist. And solo artist is definitely where I want to stay. Did your early rock influences still continue today as a solo artist? Do we still hear some of those influences? 
A thousand percent. My theory, and I don't think this will ever ever change, but I think every pop song needs a shred guitar solo, right? Ah, okay, yeah. So you're still you, you got that flag. You raise that flag. Oh you're, my god! You put a guitar in my hand, I will be running around the stage like playing some face melting solos, and of course you have to have that on the tracks too. Yeah. We pretty much describe my sound as like Avril Lavigne with a hint of Van Halen. I never let Avril go completely either, and. You just can't take the rocker out of me. I've tried. It just comes right back and plays the crazy train riff. And the track that you are sharing with us for today's show is called Elastic. What do we want to know about this song? Well, this song was actually written about a relationship that was kind of back and forth, kind of like an elastic band, always stretching far apart, snapping back together. But the word elastic was always really interesting to me because I actually come from a gymnastics background, and uh, I'm also an aerialist so I pretty much hang upside down from the ceiling and wow. I'm pretty bendy kind of like an elastic wow. and one of my uh, main things on stage if I can do it depends on the venue I actually play guitar solos upside down in an aerial rig or in a split doing some sort of crazy gymnastics David Lee Roth type thing so basically I'm the human elastic singing about elastic relationships and this is elastic by Ariel Belvillere on Joy Sounds.
And that was Elastic by MI student Ariel Belvillere. Now let's meet some of the faculty from Musicians Institute. Lauren Pardini, Lyric Jones, and Artur Menezes. I'll let them introduce themselves and explain a bit more about what they do at MI. Lauren Pardini, I teach the Musicians Institute, and I am on the faculty in the Independent Artist Program, where we focus on helping students to finish a final project. It's an EP, and I help with songwriting and vocals and performance. Hi, I'm Lyric Jones. Um, I also am in the Independent Artist Program, but I was put on the vocal department, uh, mainly because I teach rap techniques. So I'm kind of the hip-hop overhead (laughs) at MI for the moment. And in addition, I teach voice lessons and songwriting, artist development, um, and performance as well. So... Hey, this is Arthur Menezes. I teach guitar at the Musicians Institute. Often it's uh, it's about blues. My thing is the blues, so I have the in, uh, students that are interested about the blues, so they have their private lessons with me. I teach some of the blues classes, and I have my own LPW, which is it's Live Performance of the Week, which is called Blues Rock, and that's it. Outstanding. Well, welcome all three of you, and thank you so much for joining us. I'd love to get some insight and hear a little bit about your own independent teaching philosophies. I have learned from so many different types of teachers and I've worked with so many different types of students. I always find myself catering my style to everyone. For me, the most important thing really is, especially since I do so much songwriting, trying to teach people to like write songs as if they're writing them for the trash. Mm. Trying them to always have an output that they don't get paralyzed and stuck on perfectionism. Because I find... I've been teaching for a while, and right now that seems to be a theme with my students. Like, but it's not perfect. So, really trying to getting them to move on to the next song is almost the most important thing, isn't it? Yeah. So that's really my focus. Lyric, give me a little bit of insight into your teaching philosophy. <laughs> yeah, um, because I teach a few different things, um, I have to wear a few different hats. So, for the hip hop side of things, I'm I'm kind of a traditionalist and a purist in that regard. So, I try to pivot and know that we're in a a time where it's different from when I came up, you know, with hip hop. But I really try to enforce the foundation of hip hop and education of the history of it, because it's not rapping has just kind of evolved to not being seen as as a a musicianship aspect. You know, like rappers aren't looked at as musicians. That didn't used to be the case, at least not when I came up. Mm. Um, the, The art and skill of rapping and the technique of rapping was respected. And now it's just like, oh, anybody can do it, right? So I kind of try to untether that mentality on just anybody can do that and really try to focus on the skill that is applied in the musicianship that's applied just like vocalist with rapping. And I'm very big on history. I'm very big on paying homage to the the forefathers of hip hop and, and just how you know, the rap technique has evolved. So that's my stance on that. As a songwriter, I really try to just diversify my students' palette mm-hmm. on what they know. I don't expect you to do everything I do <laughs> and how how everybody else approaches music is different. But I do believe that my versatility and most songwriters, the versatility is what makes you money. So if you have your own specific thing that you like to do, Great, but if Sesame Street calls you or, you know, if this licensing opportunity calls you, are you going to be able to fill that void? So I just like to 
to give the tools in the Swiss Army knife approach to be able to be be diverse, be able to to wear all the hats as you as you can, especially now. Artur, how about you? I think we all become the teachers that we would like to have when we were when we were learning, right? That's for sure. So the way I, the way I teach is the way that nobody did, but I think it was would be the best way. So after so many years performing, playing, learning, practicing. You kind of understand the shortcuts and the right way to, to do that. So that's the way I teach. And I'm always trying to uh, bring people to the blues, the origins of the blues, even though they're rock players. And even myself, I'm like a blues rock player. But I always like to, you know, go to the past, like really deep inside the, the blues and the, 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 the history of the blues and everything. And uh, always trying to make them use what I teach on their playing so the students can do that even though, even, even if they don't play the blues. So you always get have something to do because, because the blues is the father of everything that we kind of do in this side of the world, right? Musically. So that's what I try to do, yeah. It, it sounds like there's a thread between the three of you that you um, uh, rely heavily on the tradition, the foundation, honoring that past to use as a platform so that you're student artists have a depth of knowledge right they've got they've got uh, a platform to stand on and evolve and move forward does that sound accurate yeah 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 definitely i'm i'm big on paying respect and homage to in all genres um and i've just noticed specifically with hip hop that this that's just been kind of pushed to the side mm-hmm. um so me i'm kind of pounding my fist in the teaching realm on hold up now you Love know that. <laughs> you got to pay respect to where this came from and that's jazz that's funk you know all the things that you that is respected you know those were some of the elements that have been applicable to hip hop and that's how we got here today so that's how i learned and I just want to make sure I'm, I'm, I don't consider myself old and gray. So if I'm still young and, and, and can respect the the essence of the the forefathers of that genre in particular, I think most people should as well. Lauren, I'm really intrigued by this independent artist program that MI has because it seems like um, it really reflects the mindset that artists now have to adopt given the current landscape of the music industry. It has to be flexible, has to be customizable. And I'd, I'd love to hear more about this particular program. The Independent Artist Program, it had started first and it's six months long. And since then it's been extended to different, there's also the APE program. So that people kept requesting that they could do the program for longer. It's exactly what you're saying. Like when you finish the program, you're supposed to have mixed, mastered, produced, written, recorded three songs. And you have to have created a website, you have to have social media, you have to be able to use Photoshop and do visuals and your own marketing to be able to be like able to do everything yourself. Because I always have students asking me like, how did you get your the music from my band like on TV? And I'm like, well, people found my band. I never would. And that's the way it is now. You have to be found and you have to be fully developed, gaining some traction in order to go to the next level or get some support. It's not like... 15 years ago where you could be absolutely nothing and someone would build you up. What from your vantage point is really positive about teaching at MI? What what what's the best thing about it? I think the best part is the the flexibility I would say with the students like the it's not like the traditional four-year college at least with programs like the IAP and stuff like that, where they can kind of get in and get out and get the tools that they need and keep it moving. That kind of was 
jarring for me when I first started teaching, but then I saw how that was it's so helpful, especially for some students who want to come in. Maybe they're way older than the traditional coming in at 18 years old, fresh mm-hmm. out of high school, and they just want to grab a couple tools to learn how to, you know, work a soundboard or, or do whatever. So to be able to just kind of pop in and get what you need and keep it moving is, I think, the best part. I think it's the, the, the sense of community and the networking. I think uh, that's a cool thing, especially because it's a school like with people from so many countries, like I'm not from here. So it's uh, it's really cool, that thing. And you kind of get in touch with different cultures, not only musically, but like like living together, like social, you know, aspect. So I think that's the cool thing. When it comes to working there, I love the staff. Uh, and especially because of what Artur says, people kind of dropping in and out, like some quarters, you get different teachers because then the next quarter they might be on tour. And over the years, I've met so many people. Um, I I love the facilities myself. I've even, you know, over the years, just like, I mean, I actually did the audio engineering program three years ago. I'd been teaching there for eight years. And I was like, I should just take the program. So I can really sympathize with my students because I've also gone there now. But, you know, we've got like an SSL, the API board, the Neve, and then in IAP, we have all these like wonderful private studios. So it's a small school. I think that's something that should draw people in to be somewhere where you can get so much one-on-one attention mm. with your teachers. That's not, I mean, you know, I've gone to some really big schools, like <laughs> massive numbers, and that one-on-one attention is not easy to get. My thanks to Lauren Pardini. Lyric Jones and Arturo Menezes, the faculty at Musicians Institute, or some of the faculty, has really been great to talk to you guys this afternoon. I wish you nothing but the best, and thanks again. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. My thanks to everybody from Musicians Institute who participated in today's episode. Faculty members Lauren Pardini, Lyric Jones, and Art Menezes. Administration team Jonathan Newkirk, Ron Jubla, Lacey Harris, and Stuart Jean. And of course, MI students Clark Sims and Ariel Belvillere visit mi.edu to learn more about Musicians Institute. Finally, my thanks to musicconnection.com for co-presenting this episode. If you are an artist who is interested in being featured on Joyce Sounds, visit the contact page of joysoundsmusic.com. Until next time, this is Joyce Sounds, music you need to know.